0: Welcome to Conversations with Claire. I'm your host, Claire Bates. I'm a movement, nutrition, and mindset coach through my app, Wellness with Claire. Podcast host, coach at The Collective in Austin, Texas, sober alcoholic, brand builder, and competitive hybrid athlete. I've created this podcast to share inspiring stories and have meaningful conversations in hopes that we can create community together to learn and grow. Oh, and I hope to make you laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Conversations with Claire. Let's talk about coaching and how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. Wellness with Claire is my very own coaching platform where I offer personalized meal plans, personalized workout plans based on your goals, accountability through community, and weekly group coaching calls, mindset coaching, and tracking features for results. I also offer one-on-one coaching, which gives you full app access, direct access to me via WhatsApp, and 100% accountability with me, including weekly video calls. Wellness is a mental, physical, and spiritual experience. The system works together as a whole, and I'm here to help you live in alignment with your principles and values and actualize a quality of life beyond your current dreams. Check the show notes or the links and bios on socials to find more information about how to get involved with Wellness with Claire today. Hello and welcome to Conversations with Claire. Today's episode, we have Jeremy Hill's. Jeremy Hills is the founder and president of Collective Inc., which is Austin, Texas's premier social performance club. That also makes Jeremy my boss. He also it has an MBA. He is an investor in multiple businesses. We'll dive into more of that later. He trains elite level athletes and has been featured on ESPN, Fox Sports, USA Today, the New York Post, and many more. And most importantly, he's a father.
1: Most important.
0: Welcome, Jeremy.
1: Thank you. Thank Thank you you.
0: for saying yes. Yes.
1: Thank you for asking me. I'm looking forward to this. I think this will be fun.
0: I pestered you a little bit.
1: (laughs) Not pestered. (laughs) You just consistent with your ask, as you should be. Yes. As you should be.
0: If you don't raise your hand, you're not going to get it. Right. So I always like to dive into how we met at the beginning of an episode, and sometimes is listen, we've never met. For us, ours is good. Right. So we're going to go there, and I'm going to tell the story, okay. and then you feel free to add in. <laughs> Let
1: me hear it. Let me hear it. I want to hear it in your words. Yeah,
0: my version of the story is I came to an event at The Collective a few months ago, and I had heard of The Collective. I had not yet met Jeremy, but I did know that he worked with NFL players. I knew that he played at UT, University of Texas. I'm from Oklahoma. We say boomer sooner. Wow. I know. Still doing that. So in true Clara fashion, when it comes to sports, I just thought it would be fun to come into this man's place of business and proceed to chirp a bit. Now, that was before the season has unfolded like it has, and I don't have so much chirping to do at this time. I still say boomer sooner.
1: But we be struggling. <laughs> yeah. You are very consistent and a real fan. I will give you that.
0: <laughs> so we go through this event, this community event. He's running it. And I'm just there participating because a brand that I work with has invited me to attend. So I'm an attendee of the event. By the end of the event, Jeremy just comes over and he's like, Hey, so uh you're gonna work here. And I was like, What? Like, I don't think I'm looking for a job. <laughs> and then we had a few meetings and in true Jeremy fashion, next thing you know, I'm looking for a job. So now I work at The Collective.
1: And we are very, very, very appreciative of everything that you do here. Even though you went from Oklahoma and yeah, you do the whole boomer thing, you're a great person. So no, thank you.
0: Thank you. It's a cool opportunity. I I tell people this all the time, but it's when I met you, I had no idea that I was looking for a job, right? right? Like I had no idea, but continuing to meet with you. And and I met with you and Ryan collectively, I think before starting five times. right? And it was just getting to know one another, getting an idea of what the space actually is. And as I got to know you, then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, wait a second. That's actually a huge opportunity. Yeah. And that's one that you would be foolish to not take. So I have tons of gratitude towards you, especially because when I first came in, I was like, hey, listen. I'm kind of a little bit more novice in this space and so i've been doing fitness for a number of years held certifications but my training as a trainer reps are a little lower even though i coached in a lot of facilities this year specifically but anyway i'm just grateful for the opportunity
1: i think you've been doing a great job how has it been for you thus far
0: it's been so fun i only was used to group fitness as far as coaching goes. And so honestly, I'm thoroughly enjoying the opportunity to train one-on-one and make like really impactful headway with an individual. So that's been cool. That's something I wasn't seeking. And then, yeah, I mean, I think that generally here, the level of fitness that people come in with a lot of the time is actually pretty high. And so that's been an interesting, every facility has its different challenges. And I love working with all different populations. I'm sure you probably agree. It's a new challenge. Anyway, no, I'm just appreciative. I also didn't realize like I really do need those trainer reps as I am launching an app and doing different things where I'm going to be coaching online. There's something about coaching in person putting your hands on people, it matters. And so you've given me the opportunity to get my reps in.
1: You're doing that now. Yeah. You're putting in your 10,000 hours. Here we go. Yeah. All
0: right. Now we're going to talk about you. So thank you for that. Did you want to commentate anything else about that intro of getting to know one another? I mean,
1: I think you hit it pretty spot on. I will say this. When I first came into that event that we had the work event that we did with 10,000, I wasn't looking to to bring anybody on, but good friend of mine. And he's helped me out in business over the years. He told me you Whether you know it or not, you're always always looking for talent. Mm -hmm. You're always looking for talent, right? And I've been in this industry long enough. January will make 10 years for me that I've been in this industry to where I know when I'm around uh, the right person. Now, it's my job and obviously some of your job to find the right seat for that person within the construct that we're trying to build. But you're the right person. And that's over half of the battle right there. It's finding the right people to build the thing. Mm -hmm. So after what? two, maybe three hours of time that day. I don't know if you remember I had to rush home. Yes. So I was trying to get back home. I had a whole family event going on.
0: Yeah. You were. People
1: were waiting on me, but no, I just knew we would stay in touch and we'll continue to just explore, sit down, really figure out uh, more about each other. Where have you been? Where you want to go? Where have I been? Where do I want to go? Where's collective going and see mm-hmm. if there was some synergy there. And would you look at that? Yeah. <laughs> It's exactly what, what we imagined it being. And I think you've been doing a phenomenal job here. I think you're a light. I've told you this before. And I think that you have this, this ability to have people gravitate to you. and it's, it's this genuine nature in the way that you interact with people and the way that you make them feel seen as yeah. well as help, help get them from point A to point B. Yeah. So uh, there's so much in coaching that is getting people to the desired result and then also getting them to the result they didn't know they needed. And then there's this intangible piece that only comes when you really care. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that you can't fake and you don't learn it in a book either. And so you have that piece. Uh, When I look at the reps and I look at the 10,000 hours, I'm like, "Ah, that's just a matter of time. So that's just, you'll continue to do those things and it will continue to be as second nature as putting on your shoes but the piece that you can't teach, you already have. Yeah. So that's my experience. I love
0: it. It means the world to me because I believe you and I also believe in your vision. And so to get to be a part of that is just really, really cool. And that's something I was going to like touch on later is just that one of the things that stands out to me, I look at the people that you have put together in this space and you have this unique ability to identify talent. And you've been doing that in sport and all over throughout your life. But like, now you're doing it in business. So we'll go back there later, okay. but okay. I've picked up on that very quickly. And I can see, you know, each individual that does work here, like a lot of them did not live in Austin, Texas until they decided to work for you. And they literally moved locations to work for you. You're doing something with sourcing talent and then providing value in such a way that makes that worthwhile for all of these individuals. And it does. So we'll go there later. Okay. We got to okay. take it back. We got to roll it back. So I want to go back to. Jeremy was not always the successful businessman. His childhood actually looked very different.
1: Very much so. (laughs) Tell me about it. Uh, So uh, the easiest way i put it is um, I'm from Houston originally. I've been in Austin now since 2007, 2008. So a long time. I mean, I was in Seattle for a year. I was in Orange County for a year. But for the most of this time, separated from Houston, I've been in Austin. But Houston was a completely different life. It did not look anything like what life looks like now. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the southwest part of Houston, this area called A-Leaf, and my specific area was government-assisted living. And I don't know if you know anything about that, but it's a poverty-stricken area that comes with everything that poverty comes with. So it's a scarcity mindset. The reality is there's not enough resources for the people that are in the space. And so it creates, if you can imagine, a concrete jungle is is what it creates, is where There's not enough time to truly do any deep diving into fostering relationships and learning who you are and blossoming and growing because you have real life demands that need to be met on a check to check, week to week, month to month basis. If you can imagine a hamster in a hamster wheel is how life is going, Mm -hmm. right? The way people normally say is, you know, I grew up pretty fast, but I'm so thankful for those times. Oh, Claire, I'm so thankful for those times because I truly believe like, It's like two different education systems. There's one that you can enroll in and then you're afforded the opportunity to get grants and loans and scholarships to continue. And then there's this other education system that you never get if you didn't experience. Unless you were in that education system, you don't get it. And so I learned so much from just being in that environment that I apply to how I'm even moving through life today. Yeah. Right. And it's a good time. It's a good time.
0: You learned how to be resourceful.
1: Very much so. Very much so.
0: So you're growing up in subsidized housing in Houston, Texas. And then you play football and you're good enough that you get on at UT. So you play football at UT. Where do we go from there? Because at that time the vision is what? Hopeful uh, NFL?
1: NFL. Yeah. I was gonna have a fifteen, twenty year career, retire sail the world yeah and probably stay in my different houses on all the different continents like uh, that was the goal
0: yeah professional uh, athlete right. that was the
1: goal right, right yeah right. i um uh, my senior year in college i broke my leg and, and ripped up my ankle pretty bad it took me a while to learn how to walk again and that sucked but it was honestly through that, so that's the end of that career. Let's mm-hmm. just call that. But yeah. it was through that rehab. Did you process. know when no. that
0: occurred? You still thought I'm yeah. gonna make it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, you start getting hit with a dose of reality when you're six, seven, eight, nine months later, and you're still trying to figure some things out from a, a lateral movement standpoint, and you have so many limitations, and things just aren't healing the way that you thought they would. So mm-hmm. it's just some adversity to hit. That's all it is. But with it was hidden this beautiful. Lesson of like diving into my own rehab process is what ultimately fostered this idea of training is my rehab process. Me truly looking at anatomy a little bit different. And then it, ultimately I looked at training a little bit different. Instead of like bigger, faster, stronger. What about if we were trying to improve on our performance as well as our longevity? What if we had like this two pronged approach that truly helped reduce the chances of injury? Because no, there was no way to prevent injury. Like I, I injury term, in sport is a part yeah, of it. Yeah, I hear the term injury prevention, and I'm like, how? How do you do something to guarantee that I never get hurt? Yeah,
0: true prevent in sport, true right. prevention in sport. Yeah,
1: it's not a thing. Right? Yeah,
0: we can do things to keep our joints healthy. We
1: can do things to reduce the chances. Mm-hmm. And but
0: you get hit, things, you get hit.
1: We can do things also to reduce their uh, effects or their impact or the recovery time. Yeah. So we can put our best foot forward. But if you are exposing yourself to any type of outside demand that's outside of your control, there is a chance that you do get hurt.
0: One thousand percent.
1: Okay. So uh, I got
0: assaulted by a barbell earlier this year, and I learned. But I did, yeah. I failed a lift, and I paid for it. There's a Uh, contusion in my leg. If I haven't had you feel it, It But it's okay. My tissues were so stable and healthy. It's shocking how well I recovered from that. And that's also exact. so you're
1: doing the right thing. Did
0: the motion as lotion the whole way through, and so anyway, yeah, could have but, been a lot worse.
1: That's perfect. Just me diving into that. I dove into that entire thing. I needed to make some money, so I ended up working at CarMax right here in North Austin. If we got any Austin folks, I was working at the CarMax on like Palmer and 35. If you bought a used Hyundai from CarMax. In the year 2012, I probably sold it to you. So.
0: <laughs> oh, and I bet you did so well oh, with that man. job. You probably like
1: crushed. $160 for every sale, $30 for every appraisal. I'm getting an appraisal in a sale. We call that a double-double. I'm grinding. Uh, yes. Okay. I am grinding. Yeah. But no, and that's why I love working with people that have been in some type of, of sales, some type of, not a glamorous sale, but like some type of humbling position that calls you to work hard to yield a result. Mm-hmm. I love working with people from there. But that said, I studied kinesiology and anatomy at UT, eventually got into my field. I'm one of the rare people that used their degree. Yeah, I got into my field. I worked orthopedic medical device sales company. And when I first came into the company, I was the assistant of an assistant. And you fast forward uh, 20 or 24 months later, and I was territory manager that managed 11 different hospitals and surgery centers that stretch from North Austin, Cedar Park, Georgetown, Round Rock, Leander, and on up, Georgetown. Like I said, Georgetown? Yeah. So that piece ultimately served as the foundation of the methodology that I began to pin that became training program.
0: Okay. So you excel there and you grow within that 24 months. And now you're seeing this territory, which is just Austin and all of its surrounding areas, which is massive. There's a lot of population in that area. So then at what point do you transition... From that to then training clients. Are you doing that during that process? I've been doing it
1: the whole time. So I was doing it at 24 Hour Fitness. Okay. Right? So I mean, 24 Hour Fitness. I was at CarMax secretly training at 24 Hour Fitness. I I wasn't a 24 Hour Fitness trainer, but like I was like fake working out with somebody Uh while still training. Like, yeah, I was doing that the whole time. Yeah. And all the while still trying to fill a void. Football, had left like this massive void. When I mean void, I mean like, Who am I? What's my identity? What is my purpose here? What am I supposed to be doing? Right. I truly believe like until you're connected to your purpose here, until you figure that piece out, you'll just be aimless wandering through life and feeling a little bit empty. Not saying you won't have highs, but you'll definitely have lows and you won't be truly maximizing your potential or your purpose here. You have to find your purpose on this earth.
0: Do you have any any thoughts on someone who's listening, who feels like they don't necessarily that you have all the answers, but like what helped you find
1: your purpose? The number one thing I try to tell people is, sit down and be okay getting quiet with yourself for a second. Yep. And then ask this very simple, very powerful question. What do I like doing? Yeah. And it's amazing, like, what do I like? Not what do my friends like, not what do we do? Like I would go to Lifetime and hoop every day, but it's not what I like, what do I like? What do I like? And then from there, I think uh something that you definitely need to ask yourself is what is the thing that you do currently or would do for free? What's the thing that you do not just because there's a dollar on the other end of doing it? Like what do I do for free? I got some of my best friends. I'm literally on a text message organizing workout groups and apartments at 24 hour fitness just because I loved training. And I identified that. I really do love training. I love training. You yeah. know, I will work with Whoever at that time, whoever want to work with me is who I'm working with. So what do I like doing? I care about health, wellness, fitness, progression, sports. What do I do for free? I train for free currently. All right. How do I, let's start there. What does that look like? Let's just start there Yeah. and then letting it grow and expand from that point.
0: Yeah. I do love that. I think that you just simplified it in a beautiful way as far as purpose, finding purpose. And so for you, what you said was so simple, like Mm -hmm. sit with yourself and spend some energy on what do you enjoy? I mean, that's so simple. And I can think back for me, it was almost 19 months ago getting sober. That's what I draw it back to because that was the moment where for the first time in my life, People had encouraged me to sit in silence. Mm. Like previously, I had not sat in silence for—I just don't know whenever—many, many years. And I was wildly uncomfortable with my own thoughts, so I just didn't do it. We have so many opportunities to opt out of that in life, so I just went that route. I got a podcast on; it's educational. I'm doing things, whatever. I'm not spending time inside my own brain. I don't like what's happening there. Right. And then I numbed through substance use. So there were different things, but at that point being told, you need to sit with your own thoughts. That's going to be a part of your healing journey and that's where you want to go. So I did that. And then all of a sudden, this, what we're doing right now, me existing here at Collective is a part of this purpose that I found that I didn't know that I had. I didn't know that I was capable of it, but I didn't know that that's what occurred for me too, is being forced to sit with
1: my thoughts. And that's such a big part. Like I think what you just said, I didn't know I was capable of it. It's probably because you hadn't been exposed to it. It's hard to know what you're capable of until you're exposed to either like in real time physically or exposed to the idea, the thought, exposed to the teaching, exposed to what it is. Like exposure is the beginning process of thought. How can I dream about something that I don't know exists? Yeah. So I think exposing it, honestly, to me, that's why traveling has been the greatest teacher in my life, just traveling the world because it exposed me to so many different ideas outside of what I knew. Mm -hmm. It just continues to expand my world. And it becomes a part of you. Mm -hmm. It becomes a part of you. You start to, in all honesty, you start to realize that you don't know anything. And that that's the beginning stage of any kind of learning. It's like, I don't know anything at all. And being okay with that. Yeah. Being okay with being a novice. We put all this emphasis on being an expert. And I'm saying, find something that you're not great at. Yeah. Try to let the growth happen.
0: Be open to it. That's my grandmother who was the catalyst to me getting sober. I went down a rough path after she passed and then got sober. She lived by a phrase that I love to refer back to, that a key to a vital life was a willingness to change and eagerness to learn. An eagerness to learn and a willingness to change. To be willing to say, just because I did it that way, or that was what I was aware of, I'm now aware of new information and I am capable of doing something different. Whoa. That's a trajectory. So no. so you start training, you're training for free, but then you start to like scale up. Your clientele is shifting. And now the skill level of the individuals you're working with is going up. And as a result, like your the respect for who you are in the space of fitness is growing. And now you're developing this personal brand. Were you aware that you were doing that? Was that your intention? Did you set that intention? What would no. you say?
1: So for me, I was still doing it for the love. With that company, I was making good money. And I'll say this a million times over. I wish everyone had the opportunity to make all the money in the world so that they could understand that that's not the key. Right. That, that's a, having money can mask some things. It can make problems be swept under the rug a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But until you really deal with whatever it is that needs to be dealt with internally and in your life, then money or no money it doesn't really matter. But talking about myself, having finally some funds. And still not feeling good. Still not like I wasn't okay. I'm not, I wouldn't go as far as to say depressed out of respect for people that have dealt with depression, but I wasn't okay. I wasn't fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I did not have the nervousness. I always tell people nervousness is a great thing. Crying is a great thing. Beautiful. These are signs that you care. You've never gotten nervous about something you don't care about. You typically don't cry about things you don't care about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so nervousness and crying are great feelings. Absolutely. I hadn't cried in so long, hadn't been nervous in, in too long, right? I wasn't around things that I cared about. So trying to identify like what that is, is actually how I even got into training. I found myself wandering off at different points. So my job with a, with the sales rep, with the company, all I would do is verbally assist orthopedic surgeons throughout surgery that was using... My company's tool sets and sure. implants, right? Familiar. Yeah. So you can be in one room for three, four, five hours at a time during a procedure. And you literally, when called on, are just verbally assisting. You're coaching. Mm-hmm. You're verbally assisting trying to fix a problem, get from point A to point B, coaching. But all I was thinking about was athletes had access to this information. We would train differently we would look at training different. There's so much stuff that we can do on the front end to avoid even being here.
0: And you learned that in that OR.
1: In OR, because that job requires you to study so much. You need anatomy. to study the techniques. You need to study the actual uh, surgeons and know what technique they enjoy using and why. And then you have to understand like what's hot in the news. You're reading the med journal. You're trying to figure out all these different things. Sure. And the more that you're learning, deep diving into anatomy, the more that my sports background, dots are connected. Sure. Dots are connected organically. Like I'm not even trying to do it. Dots yeah. are connected. You're consuming something you're passionate about. Exactly. Yeah. And so I found myself driving to Houston. Any free time that I had, I would drive down to Houston and train the old high school players. like high school players at my old high school. My old head coach in high school just let me do it. It cost them nothing to get me. They got their guys working out, whatever, right? And then these guys started playing really well. And they started getting scholarships to big universities. I mean, like Notre Dame's Texas, Florida State, et cetera. you? Like, I don't think nobody chose OU. It was like big schools. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, it's big schools. Okay. But this it, is like 2013, 14 at this time. Okay. And
0: How old are you at that time? When you start going doing all that? I got
1: it. I got it. Yeah, I'm let's 20... go back. Twenty three, twenty four. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Twenty three, yeah. twenty four. at that time. So cool. I've been out of school for about two years now, two and a half years now. I'm twenty four at this point, and I'm loving it. I'm loving this park. I would dread the drive back from Houston. I'm working Monday through Friday. I'm in the car first thing Friday, driving down to Houston. I'm in Houston Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. and I'm either driving back to Austin Sunday night or Monday morning, and I would hate driving back. And then I finally... With some, I will always credit my old boss at that company. He sat me down the same way that I'm sitting across from you. And he basically told me, you doing good, but your heart's not here. Yeah. And it was hard to hear at the Mm -hmm. time, right? Your boss is sitting you down.
0: Yeah. Well, and you like to be a high performer. So you're like, you're telling me that because I'm not doing well? Yeah. Yeah."
1: But no, I was doing great. The numbers were great. The territory was great. I'm part of a great team. But he just knew all the free time that I have, I'm writing up programs. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure, I'm not working on figuring out how to expand this territory. Sure. I'm working all my free time, my break time, my lunch time is going to this. How do I make and this? And what can we build on? What did we do? Like That's what I'm doing. Optimization. And, um, he says, if you tell me I'm wrong, you can stay. But if not, then I want you to go do something else. Damn. The best firing I had ever had, the only firing I've ever had, I needed it. That I needed it. He pushed me out of that comfort. Yes. He did not allow me to get comfortable being young. I was living on Fifth Street. I'm living on Fifth Street downtown at 23. Like he didn't let me get comfortable right there, which I appreciate him so much for. Gosh, yeah. Because then I said, I'm going to chase this thing. I'm really going to go after this thing. Yeah. And here we are. That was 23. I'm I'm 33 now, and we're here.
0: Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Tell that guy Happy Thanksgiving. I
1: know, right? I got to find his number. Figure it out. Let him him know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
0: cool. He cared about you. He he just saw that you were capable of more than what you were. Doing in that, that's cool. People are cool. No, you can't tell me people aren't cool.
1: And it's funny because nobody likes being fired, let's be clear. So I just got fired, hurt feelings for like 30 minutes. Yeah. And immediately I realized it was actually a weight lifted. Yes. I wouldn't have fired myself. Yeah. The money was good. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do next. Nothing was proven. It was so much uncertainty around the decision to be made. And it was a prestigious position. Mom was proud. It's like all of the reasons to stay. And I remember that ride back to my apartment, not even thinking like how I need to pay my rent and everything. That ride back to my apartment, I just remember how excited I was knowing that I get a chance to spend more time with these athletes. In retrospect, I can't think of a more clear sign that I was making the right decision.
0: Yeah. I love that. So then you start training the clients more and then you start to charge. And so then now you're a trainer that's being paid for your services, which is great. That's you're worth that. (laughs) Okay. So then You start training at a facility and we need to get to collective and all this other stuff because there's some other more current stuff I want to talk about. But I mean, so you, you built up this area of expertise as a trainer and Mm. that's still something that you do today. (laughs) But like, at what point did you decide, like, now I want to go get my master's in business. How did we get from 23, 24? Now I'm training these clients and I love this, whatever, to now I'm building a team doing this thing and I'm building things.
1: I give some of that credit. There was another boss of mine. I worked at a facility here in Austin and his name was Jason Havy. And I just admired his business intellect. I admired how he was able to piece things together and, and build and how he seemed. He, he, it's almost like he was like a, a psychic, the way that he knew things were going to fall in place months, even a year out from where we were and the way that he could build back from there and put the pieces in place and put the people in place to to have the success for the thing and always admired that. And I got the opportunity to behind the curtain see the work ethic that went into some of that. And so, yeah, I think that, again, that exposure woke up something in me. We're fast forwarding now from that, I'm going to start training athletes to this is now, that's 2013, 2014. We're now in 2017, 2018 talking. But over that course of time, I had accomplished some things. I had my first. ESPN special. We had our first draft class. Now multiple NFL players, NFL talent now coming to Austin to train under the methodology, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm now leading this company. Sport Performance, true, like their entire arm of that business. And I'm young. I'm, what, 20 at the time leading that piece. And we got some things accomplished. It was pretty special. But more than anything, I got an opportunity to learn. Yeah, I got an opportunity to learn. So, yeah, I did go back and get my MBA, but I'll tell people I feel like that was the piece of paper and that was the the curriculum for that education. But there's this other real life education that I had the opportunity to sit side by side by this man and learn from him on how to do some of these things.
0: So you get put into that ecosystem and you just show up and work hard for literally years because Mm -hmm. it's something that you love and you're just choosing to work hard. And then you're excelling as a result. You get exposed to someone who inspires you and then you seek a relationship with that person. Like, how did you get to be the guy sitting next to him, observing this, asking him those questions? I mean, he sounds like he was a real mentor. It sounds like you've had some key mentors. And would you say that you picked up on people that you chose? Oh, that person has something I want. Like, has that always been a behavior of yours? And then what did you do to cultivate that relationship with him?
1: So sports background, one thing we always say is success leaves clues. If you pay attention, all the clues are there. Yeah. And then we believe, identify what good looks like. So whenever I'm doing anything, I always look at the field and find the people, a couple of them I try to, who are doing the thing successfully. And then I narrow that down to, Who's doing it successfully in a way that I think organically fits with me? And then I narrow it down there. And then I watch them and I pick up on both what they are doing that I would do and what they're doing that I would do different. And then I try to, I don't think anybody owns inspiration. So I'm inspired by those things and I consume information, conversation. I seek out conversation. I seek out information. I seek out counsel. And I ask, I'm pretty straightforward. So I ask Mm -hmm. whatever questions need to be asked and whatever they're comfortable sharing they share. And then I'm not afraid to do my own homework to put my own spin on it. Similar situation there. Mm -hmm. One of the things that stuck out to me is that you're young. I'm young at the time. I'm kind of flying high with a little bit of success. And I was like two minutes late to the very first meeting I ever had set up with him. Mm -hmm. And before the meeting got started, he stopped the room and goes, hey, out of respect, I'll never be late for when you schedule time with me. So I'd appreciate if you're on time when I schedule time with you. First time I had been checked in a while, right? Yeah, yeah. And I said, no doubt. That was the last time I was ever late to anything and he was never late to anything. So again, just looked at how he was doing things, Mm -hmm. right? Ask questions when when I need to ask questions. But a lot of times, if you're paying close enough attention, it's got to ask anything. They're showing you.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's powerful. It does leave clues. You're exactly right. And then the more that you do the work, you get exposed to those people. Like that's the cool thing is that organically occurs. You become the person that gets to be in the room through that work. So, Now you've had this vision for Collective, which by the way, this is a social performance club and you probably can tell it better than I can. In fact, I probably should just hand this off to you. (laughs) But I mean, also coming in and not really understanding the landscape, it was an interesting thing for me to be like, okay, wait, what is this? And it's this club and it is not open to the public and it is an experience for the members where they get to come in and be a part of an ecosystem where there's co-working space, there's recovery centers, there's IV hot cold therapy, there's a gym with all of these trainers in the space. Like there's so much going on here that it's just this pool of inspiration. Yep. And like people who are coming in here, they're doing cool things outside of here. And so where'd you get that idea?
1: So I had the opportunity, I wrote up training program with this performance-based company called Vertimax. Okay. And I traveled and taught the certification for the program that I wrote. And I was in Dubai and I was teaching. And I seen this magnificent club, right? And they had all of these different offerings. I mean, they had like tennis and all of these different things, almost like a country club. And again, exposure. I literally was like, man, this is dope. They should probably do this different. I wouldn't do that. I would do this. And that was maybe 2017. And we didn't start building this till the back end of 2020. But the thought never left my mind. Yeah. And since the thought wouldn't leave my mind, one thing I'm getting better at as I'm getting a little bit older is I journal in the notes section of my phone. So in my phone, on different, I've been literally been asleep and I've like woken up out of my sleep, grabbed my phone, went yes. to my notes section and wrote something down immediately. 3 a.m. inspiration hits different. It happens. It happens. (laughs) So as I'm writing these things down and I'm thinking about what is this place, uh, I met co-founder Devin Lowe in 2020. I was writing out some of the programming for Lifetime Fitness that we were going to roll out. And he was overseeing a lot of the clubs for Lifetime Fitness at the time. This was 2019, actually. But we wanted to, and we ideated on this experience that was this crossroads for the professional athlete and the business professional, as there's so many similarities just playing in different fields, so to say. Then we thought of how do we create this thing for these people as well as protect them from vultures, from people that just simply want to take advantage. Mm -hmm. And we understood that the only way to do that is to control the door, which is where the private club came in. Because Once people are trusting you with their experience, you should take that seriously and guard it for them. Yes. So when I think of collective, I think of this super exclusive club that inside is super inclusive. Mm. I want people to come in and not have their nose up in the air. I want them to come in and feel this positive energy, this is inspiring energy. I want people to not just come in all the time with headphones on, but instead come in and take the headphones off and introduce themselves and get to meet people. And I've been seeing so much of that, which is why we call it a social performance club is because that's where we exist. That intersection of social and performance is where we want to build this high-end science backed, really dope medical experience is a lot of our stuff. I mean, every single member, when they sign up, Like the first thing they do before they work with you, before they work with me, before they work with anybody, they see one of our doctors. And it's like, we're going to start there. We understand that that person with a doctorate in physical therapy or chiropractic work, whatever the case may be, they should probably be your first point of contact. And then refer out based on goals, based on personalities, based on everything else. And we have very selected individuals as leaders in the space to now help these people guide them through their journey.
0: Yeah. And you're right. And I think that's one thing that's been really inspiring too, for me to come into the space. Yes, you have all of this medical staff on staff, which is so cool. But like the trainers themselves and the members, like there's so many different training methodologies going on. And it is this place of inspiration because you naturally, when it's not what you do, you look at it and you're like, I don't know how I do it. But like it is, I feel like I really see occur with everyone else. And it certainly occurs with me is I'm observing and I do naturally, boy, that's not how I do it. But then think about What are they getting out of that? Like, what is that doing for them? And at the end of the day, movement is medicine, right? So like, it doesn't have to look the same for everybody, but it's been wildly inspiring for me to see all of these different trainers who come from different backgrounds and train their clients different ways. We're all winning.
1: So let's break that down a little bit, right? So what is that exactly? First of all, that's a representation of life. The way I do it is not the only way. And then secondly, what you're doing every single day you come in here, you're growing. I'm learning. And you're getting better and you're learning. That's why I'm here. And you're adding to your tool belt (laughs) Yeah. and you're sharing ideas. Yeah. And you're living what collective is. So I'm happy to hear you say that because the only way we stop growing is when we feel like it's our way. Our way is the way. That's usually not right. We need so much more context. We need so much more context. If you ever ask me if something's right or wrong, for the most part, I'm gonna ask you in what context? Cause we have to provide that. Yeah. So. That judgmental thought that we all initially have in most so, of, and we all yeah. do it. We I still do. I try not to, and I still do. Yeah. Like what is going on there? We
0: we're averse to change. Yes. Like naturally we see something different, we're like, mm. Yeah. No.
1: Nope. That's so, ah, uncomfy. So guess what what the growth step is from there? Yeah. Asking. Think about or it. Or observing. Yeah. Like I said, sometimes I don't need to ask. Sometimes I can just shut up, watch. Ah, makes sense. Yeah. And now I got better. Yeah. Or I didn't get it there. And I'm like, oh, Claire, when you were doing this, what made you do this? And mm-hmm. you say, oh, what I'm trying to get accomplished is, and the reason we have to do that is because she just had knee surgery here. So we, oh, shit, I didn't know she, more context. yeah, Now I understand. Yeah. Now I, I put that in my tool belt and I can use it for later.
0: Well, it's effective communication. And that is like a nonverbal, whenever it's just simply an observation and a reflection upon why someone's <laughs> doing something differently than you are. But like I've just been thinking a lot about effective communication and how we can not see eye to eye initially or ever for that matter on a topic. And if we are able to effectively communicate with one another and simply like, well, here is why I view this this way. And mm-hmm. here is why you view this this way. We may not necessarily get on the same page, but it's a far more peaceful existence. And so I know I'm pivoting off there no, 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 with no. that, you, but I you, think that that's is very important. I just think, yeah, I think That spending time on learning how to effectively communicate and so much of that is the observe, take a step back, Mm -hmm. reflect, sit with it. We don't need to react. All of those things can just be like placed all over every aspect of life. Okay. We have to continue to go. We got to go. Let's do it. So because you're doing other things now and some of the stuff I want to hear from you about is you, one, prioritize social media and the importance of its role in your businesses. Yes, you have opened the collective. You are the founder and president of the collective. You have vision for this not to be the only location. You're also doing other things. You are involved in a number of different brands. You are now a businessman who is like spreading it out. And so I just want to hear a bit more of like your perspective as you scale. Any advice to a consumer about that? And then specifically, like, why do you choose to prioritize social media? What do you see there that makes you think, okay, this is worth investing in you have a team here that does that thing. Like, why are you doing
1: that? At its core, we want to spread evidence-based knowledge and information. And unfortunately, social media has been used for, not for the most part, but there's a good majority of misinformation that goes out without the needed context from just people, because they can. And you get a very attractive person or enough people saying the same thing and it can be taken as truth without being fact-checked. Mm-hmm. And we understand that, we know that that's how that works, right? It's not necessarily what's true, it's what's first as far as information goes. Yeah. So in the sense of like training, methodology, medical, et cetera, what I've always been uh, an advocate for is putting out an alternative. We are not going to stop that from happening. It will happen, mm-hmm. right? Privy to our conversation earlier. There are things outside of our control that will happen. Well, what we can do is Put down an alternative. Let people that may not be subject matter experts in the space actually have like, give them the option to listen to something, listen to us, and say, huh, wait a minute, actually I think this makes sense. Without us doing that, how do we get upset with people for following what they've known to just be fact? So a big part of it is education. And just where my, my career had kind of gone was through education. So yeah. a big part of it was education. And then another part of it is I understand how to leverage social media to help the individuals that, I mean, like yourself, who have trusted me to follow me on this collective path. Mm-hmm. And even like I told you a while ago, when I first met you, it's just like, collective won't be your only thing. It won't be, right? But in my eyes, you'll always be a representative and a part of the thing. Mm-hmm. So... Giving you guys that platform to continue to expand and grow and do the things that you want to do individually. I think I think that's unique and I think it matters. I think it matters. I think it's fulfilling for you guys individually. I think it adds value to the overall picture and the overall product. just think it's the way to go. We are in the technology age. If you want to spread a message far and wide, you put mm-hmm. it on the internet. That's just the business part that makes the most sense. For me personally, I've gotten involved with things that I thought I could add value to. There's nothing that I'm involved with right now that I don't Like that I'm just a passive investor that I'm hoping to see a return on the money. Everything that I'm involved in, and I'm a baby investor. So everything that I'm involved in right now, I've studied thoroughly and I believe that I can add value to the brand message and what's happening. And that's why we get to the point of a financial commitment and then trying to build that thing up. Mm -hmm. So whether it's cane footwear, whether it's 10,000 athletic clothing, athletic apparel, whether it's. NCL, the National Cycling League, is a pretty cool one. Where there's Ladder, the online training platform, Mm -hmm. there's Oxfit, the technology-based platforms that they have that I think are going to push the industry forward a little bit from taking all the guesswork out of strength training. Like, I think the things that I'm involved with, I believe in, been fortunate enough to help grow and add value to those brand missions. And they align with Collective and what we're building. So there's an alignment there. There's a strategy there. And I'm having fun
0: yeah i'm having fun that was going to be my next question is because you are choosing to prioritize social media people are really struggling with social media and because you are a busy businessman and you are a creator you probably don't consume as much as you may potentially even like whereas there are a lot of people consuming a ton and so the struggle may not be exactly the same, right? But do you feel as though your relationship with social media at this time is one that you are happy with? And to build upon that, then what are things that you're doing with your behavior with social media that cultivate it to be an experience that is actually one of inspiration, education, things that are of value? Because we really have to be careful there. I think
1: each platform is different. Yeah. Right. So, I think Instagram is a show me platform. Uh-huh. So I use Instagram to show. Yeah, Like I'm not above nor averse to being super transparent. Mm-hmm. So even if there's things that I don't think that to the point where I should be teaching, but I'm at the point where I can share what I'm learning, I use Instagram for that. Yeah. I love Twitter. What I imagine Twitter is just this like, Big ass living room conversation, <laughs> right? And so yeah. I, I enjoy it for that. I, I'm probably honestly more fed on Twitter than I am anything else. Okay. Because more than show me, I think it is like teach me and let me hear your ideas. Let me all Twitter is is like it's just a chat room full of ideas yep. and conversations. Yep. That's all it is, yeah. right? So I subscribe more to that. Are you
0: cultivating that experience when you're consuming it? Are you mindful of like... That's
1: a really good point. I think I'm probably more loose on there. I'm having conversations, everything from good old OU sucks trash talk to like high level training principles to current events to memes and LOLs. But I have to
0: point out, I love that though, because you're not in an echo chamber.
1: Right. That's fair.
0: Actually, I have a lot of respect for that is that you are continuing to consume from multiple different what do we want to call them? Just different sections. verticals. Yeah. Verticals, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. And you're not existing within an echo chamber that all they're doing is just agreeing with your ideas. And
1: that's dangerous. Yes. That's super dangerous yes. because anything that can limit growth is very dangerous. Yep. And the, the, the point where you get into a space where you only want to be around people that agree and think exactly like you, you're saying I want to get to a space where I start to slow down my growth and I just don't agree with that. I enjoy good dialogue. I enjoy talking to somebody that's from a different part of the world, country, city, state than I am, county than I am, mm-hmm. and they have a different view. It doesn't make it an opposing view, it doesn't make it wrong or right. It's literally different. And a lot of times I found that that's where my biggest growth steps have happened. Yes. as well as where I've left feeling I've left feeling like the most inspired and the most fed. So trying to be in that kind of space as much as I can, I'm okay with. And then when you do find people that you connect with and they think like you and they're finishing your sentences, that's dope too. Just don't make sure that's all you get
0: in. For sure. Right?
1: So like most things in life, there needs to be a proper balance.
0: Right. Balancing, it's yes. a
1: verb. There we go. No, <laughs> when I look at that, that's why I can understand. And I used to be that way. I can understand why, sure. especially Instagram, especially yeah. Instagram. I can understand why it can be hard on people sometimes. hmm I personally think that it's probably harder on younger people. Just about hitting that mid thirties now, and yeah. yeah
0: but, He's uh, thriving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
1: it's a little bit different for me now. But when you are on that climb and you're feeling constantly judged by peers and experts in the field, and da, 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 yeah, because it's gonna happen. You know, the followers and everything else, and they're expecting this to look, even this podcast, they're expecting it to feel and look this way because. That's what got the most likes and subscribes. And for lack of a better word, you can start to feel like this indentured servant to the work where you're not necessarily creating out of this space of that like wanting to share and inspire. Mm-hmm. You're creating yeah. from this space of like, no, this is what they want. This is what I got to give them. Scary. And that's dangerous because- yep. That won't know.
0: resonate yeah. either. I truly believe if all we're doing is feeding out I don't know. Yeah, that's not, my soul's not walking away from that post happy. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And one thing I always say is regardless of IQ level, regardless of EQ level, people feel, they're not dumb. People are not dumb. Nope. They feel when something's real. Mm-hmm. They know when something's real. Mm-hmm. So you're putting out this curated content, which no, wrong wrong curated content, but they're putting sure. out this curated content that's on this queue of dropping at these peak hours and there's research to back it up. All great things. Sure. But when they actually consume it, What did they get? Yeah. And I think that's what needs to be answered.
0: Well, did they get something authentic from you or not? And if they didn't get something authentic from you, like that's one of the things too, I think about with all the social media stuff. One thing I always like to keep in mind myself is like, I have got to make sure that I'm getting involved in active real life situations with humans because I love the opportunity to... Have meaningful impact on the internet. Like the opportunity to do that right now is like blows my mind. The yeah. fact that I get to do that in any capacity is wild. I'm so excited to grow it, yeah. but I have to physically, tangibly interact with humans to be like, okay, we're doing the thing. Anyway, we got to keep going. Let's keep going. So I want to know right now, I love asking about this as someone who exists in the wellness space. Yes. What does your current lifestyle be looking like? What's your diet look like? What does your fitness look like? Do you you feel assaulted? Do you feel comfy in this moment? How are we doing? Check, um, temperature check. Okay, this
1: is a temperature check. A tip check. No, um, I'll tell you this, complete honesty. I take care of myself. I probably do more maintenance work throughout a year than anybody else, right? Just because I beat my body up playing football for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then I'll see like this physical change, positive physical change that'll happen Once all the athletes get back in the off season, because I'm hitting it with them. I'm still there with them. Yeah. My saving grace and the thing that's been a big positive for me is, first of all, I acknowledge that this is a privilege that I live in, but I have my chef make, I eat pretty clean throughout the year and that saves me. Mm -hmm. Like if I do the right level of maintenance, the way that I need to eat throughout the year, then I'll never fall off. Mm -hmm. Like I won't fall off, but that's a place of privilege without going too far into it. I think sometimes like how tough it is to stay consistent in your health goals when price point on some of that stuff is pretty up there. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's only going up. Right. Mm-hmm. So I recognize that I do live in a privilege there. Take full advantage of it. Well, that's you've created some it. Shape. You have
0: worked hard for the opportunity to have a chef. And so, yes, that's where you are today, which is good to know that that's how that gets taken <laughs> care of. I think yeah. it's just cool to make the consumer aware of where you're actually at at this time. And there are seasons in life where we're crushing it in our fitness or Mm -hmm. nutrition and there are seasons where we're not and that's okay because we're human too so that consumer like there are going to be seasons that you're going to be crushing it and then there are going to be seasons where maybe it's not thriving because there's all these other areas of life that are taking your energy and as long as we're still moving and still trying but then bringing that down so you have a chef today, but like you didn't always have a chef and oh, no. you were intentional oh, yeah. even back then. I think that something as simple as like making sure, like thinking about a tangible of what is in our pantry right now. Like if there are Oreos in my pantry, I'm probably eating the fucking Oreos. Fair. If there are not Oreos in my pantry,
1: probably not going I'm literally out not yours.
0: eating them. They're not in there. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. I just got to Okay, then that's I just don't buy Oreos. That's
1: a discipline that you have to develop. Yeah, over time. That's a discipline you have to develop.
0: And I believe that every human consuming this podcast right now is fully capable of developing that discipline. Agreed. Every single one of you. Now,
1: let me talk to the humans that are consuming this podcast and say to the parents out there, I understand why this would be a tougher task. Yeah. I'm a father That's of That's a two. good point. And my daughter wants Gusher candies, Oreos, and like she wants the sweet. And I'm not going to sure. rob her of that. Now, we don't go crazy with it. Yes, but she gets some. There's now a different level of discipline for me because when I open a pantry, it's there. it can look like aisle five in the candy aisle. But I'm not, I don't know, I just built up, built this. Yeah, yeah and you have like, a chef a that
0: makes me, like you have built a yeah. situation that works for you. And
1: for me, I'm a big component of like, it's easy for me to stay consistent as long as I like what I'm doing. And so I tell my <laughs> chef, to, Look, man, Gil, you got one job. I need you to make healthy taste good. That's it. Just make healthy taste good. Which and
0: thankfully, thanks to spices and stuff, oh, like it's actually and, really like, and, it can and be done. now
1: I'm like, I'm good to go. I'm fine. I'm a pretty born. I can do the same thing every single
0: day. All right. What about our uh, movement? That's a lot where, of maintenance
1: work. That's where I need to get a little better.
0: Oh, that's okay. But you still prioritize getting movement no, no, in. No, Maybe no, no. Maybe it could be- more intense at times or whatever. 100%. I think you do a really good job. Yeah,
1: my go to, honestly, you'll find me at any moment with a skier, a jump rope, a weight vest, a Stairmaster, and a resistance band. Okay. That is, I will create a great program for myself that just lasts with those, right? Now, like most men that I know, and I'm sure most people, you want to feel good in your clothes. So I get under some weight, I get under some load. and We put up a little load a little bit, but for the most part, literally like, I'm working resistance bands, jump ropes, and stair masters and skiers.
0: Which for the record, guys, he looks great. So like that works.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs)
0: All right. So what is something that you feel like you're doing well Mm -hmm. that you would like to do better or do more of? I'm
1: not going to say cheesy. Let's go. This is not the, I want to spend more time with my children. Okay. I need to. I need to do that. I work a ton and not all of those things are in Austin. So you could be in Austin, you can be in Connecticut, you can be in New York, you can be in L.A. I've been, we still got the athlete side of the business. So even with the in-season maintenance work and everything that we do there, I've probably been out of Austin on a weekend 14 of the last 20 weeks or so. And weekend is usually that time to spend with them. So Mm -hmm. I can definitely do a better job there. Outside of that, one thing that I'm working on that we can do a better job of and I mean this, I'm so serious about this. You can ask anybody that is in like the high level leadership meetings, but I want us to continue to deliver at a Ritz-Carlton Four Seasons level, the experience and the promise that is collective that we gave every single member when they signed up. So I am always working on how to make this better mm-hmm. at all times. I'm always working on how to add more value how to make this better how to make this more seamless what can we be doing every single day to get one percent better at the thing it is that we say we love so between those two my my babies collective my baby and say savannah and saint my babies. so savvy and saint and collective i'm working on those three babies at all times
0: those are good babies yeah All right, three things I'm grateful for. One, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. So I am grateful for the opportunity for the whole freaking world. Well, I guess not everywhere in the world celebrates Thanksgiving, but for so many people to take a moment to spend some time with some people they care about. Life is going so fast all the time. The fact that everybody, for so many people, take this day to just appreciate their people, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one, I am grateful for mentors. I'm grateful for the fact that. At this point, I feel real comfortable chasing after people. And if I see that you have something that I want, I'm really comfortable repeatedly asking. Yep. <laughs>
1: yes, you are. And, then, and that's a great skill. Yeah. And, uh, and, like, and that, wouldn't have, that
0: wasn't always the case. That's been mm. built over time. And then the other thing is, I do have a specific mentor that I have to do check-ins with every single day. Now they don't acknowledge them all the time, but yeah. just like I am required to, when I feel disturbed, mention. And guys, if we sit and think there's a time of day every day ever where you feel disturbed in some way. And so just being aware of that and then doing some sort of check-in, it brings awareness to that. So I love that I have this system in place in my own personal life where I have to be honest with myself and I have to be honest with another person. And then just the opportunity to get better. I know these are all like building, but it's just like being involved in an ecosystem where a growth mindset is the thing where we're just looking for the next way to optimize, to learn, to grow. I get to be in rooms like that so frequently now, where when I was Growing up, I wasn't in those rooms. Right. So to get to be in those rooms today is a blessing, but it is also one that has been worked for, and I'll continue to work to be in those rooms. And that's what you can do.
1: As I always say, hey, that that blessing that you're praying for is right behind that work you're avoiding. You have to work. You have to do your job, and a lot of blessing to do the blessings job. Like yeah. you got part of that thing too. So now Absolutely. That's good
0: Anything else you want to tell them about?
1: In exactly five weeks. We'll be opening up the second version of Collective. We'll be up North Austin, right off of 183 and Mopac, right south of the domain, around a new soccer stadium over there, opening up the next Collective. I'm very, very, very excited about it. People keep asking me when I told them about this, they're like, what's going to be the biggest difference? I'm like, well, this time we actually have money, so it'll actually be like a, a nice facility. But no, but we get opportunity to like bring sand volleyball, bring indoor and outdoor pickleball. We'll have our medical team up there. It's a much Larger space, it's like 25,000 square feet on some acreage of land. So, I think it would be a really cool experience uh, for people. And, like, let's be honest, like, Austin is growing very fast, the city is growing very fast. So, for the most part, if you're down here in the South Congress area, you're not up north in that Cedar Park Arboretum domain area, these aren't the same demographics for the most part. So I'm excited to bring something that we've enjoyed and have experienced and love so much to a new part of Austin. Again, a city that I've been in now for 16 years. So that's a long time. So I'm excited to bring this there. Yep. That's what I'm working on right now. And I think it'll be fun.
0: I've been there. Can confirm it is large.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks That's so fair. dope. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I yeah. actually I don't do you remember yes, we did I do. we I do did a walk we through did the walkthrough through before through. anything started being transformed and right. I was like, oh shit. Okay. Wait
1: till you come see it. Now. Okay. It is imagine that building, but just with our spin.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. I can't wait. It's gonna be nice. All right. So where can they find you and support
1: you? First of all, collective.inc on Instagram. But all my personal pages are all the same, just J Hills 5 J-H-I-L-L-S, number five. And that's on everything. And this goes out to all the listeners. If you ever want to just chat, find me on Twitter, let's chat. And then anything outside of that, no, I try to make myself available as much as I can. Sometimes you need to take a clear approach and ask more than once. But no, (laughs) I definitely appreciate it. And thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Your time is valuable. You're doing a lot of things and it is meaningful. It's obviously, I feel like a broken record of like, I like to remind you that I'm so grateful to be here because it's important and it's important for you to know that you've created an ecosystem that we're all fortunate to be in. And so thank you for that. All right. All of his stuff will be in the show notes, guys. If you want to just pop down there, you'll be able to see it all there. I would recommend following him because a lot of his content is one. It is polished. I mean, there's a team doing this work now, but he's made it there. He's there for a reason. And so it's quality content. It is inspirational, it is educational. It is all of those things. So if you're wanting to cultivate your space to be more that way, and you're not already following along with his journey, you should probably go do that. Other That's than true. that, I just hope that if you enjoyed this episode, please follow the show, wherever you're consuming it, please rate and review it, share it with somebody that you think will get value out of it. If you got it yourself and last but not least, we just hope that you have a beautiful day.